Welcome to Outside Voice Inside. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and this episode is titled, Don't Mess Up the Children, featuring Caitlin Coghill. This week, we examine how childhood traumas affect parenting and how parenting your inner child will help you become a better parent. So grab a seat, and we hope you enjoy Outside Voice Welcome back. Episode 14 of Outside Voice Inside. Don't mess up the children. This is going to be similar to um, the other series where we take the whole month to discuss one thing. And this is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we are kicking it off talking about the babies. But before we do that, we have a special guest with us. Yay! Doctor and Professor Cogill. Am I saying your last name right? Yeah, doctor. I ain't got the degree yet, but thank you for calling me that. No. Get into existence. Yes, yes. we, are, we believe are in that. We do believe in that. Yes. These classes are going to be done. Mm-hmm. And you are going to be like, demand everybody call you doctor, okay? If for no one else for me. And you're okay. Yes. Yeah. She is. Not only is she a doctoral student and professor, she is also an abortion doula. So she helps women with this transition. Abortion is such a taboo subject, but it is nothing to be ashamed of. I can guarantee we know, everybody knows at least one person who's had an abortion, Mm -hmm. whether it is something they felt they needed to do, something they wanted to do. It is all a woman's choice. If you're looking for one, Kylin. Uh, we'll let her give her uh, social media handles if she so chooses, because sometimes she don't be liking to fool with y'all in the public. But <laughs> she's um, she also loves writing poetry, reading, making her friends laugh, and volunteering with different organizations. She is always busy doing something. I listen. I love everything that Kaylin is a part of. I wish that my ambitions would have been as focused as Kaylin's when I was her age, because I just feel like I would be unstoppable at this age. But you're a great example to everyone, Kaylin, no matter the age, especially because she considers herself the Beyonce of her life. Like she is the main character and no one is coming to her her show. (laughs) She gets the shit done. So I love it. I love it. Welcome, Kaylin. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Uh, it's me and my co-host. I'm Cinzano, as y'all know, the mother of Supernova Bug, aka Low Money, the Miss Amigo. Sometimes I'm a writing ass writer. This month I'm just a student who is happy to get these uh these papers in and get these good grades. And we have my co-host. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's me, Tam Joyner. Um, this week I'm Nigerian adjacent. I'm an Afrobeat dancer and an empty wallet haver as New York City has stolen all my money. Welcome to Outside Voice Inside. What's up, everybody? <laughs> oh, you know, I forgot to mention too, me and Tamara. I'm gonna let her tell her part, but I'm also a co-host of another podcast called Unpacking Atlanta, where we talk about season three of Atlanta on FX. 
We post that weekly as well as this. So get into that if you care to dig a little deeper on each episode. Um, and I'm also the co-host of a, of a weekly video podcast called Music Aficionado. Um, I host it with my good friend, Nikki, and we talk about music releases and the what's and ups and downs in the music industry. And then um, we also have special segments. Sometimes we stand for certain artists. And then we also have a special segment that me and Nikki both love. It's called Sexual Behavior in the Ghetto, where we actually <laughs> recite um, sexual lyrics of music that y'all didn't know what in the world they were saying and so we're going to tell you what they're saying and you're going to be disgusted afterwards need a shower after you listen to it so i like dirty nasty fun <laughs> always but let's get into our current events what had happened was this week Tamara has an interesting one to kick this off I think it concerns all three of us, to be honest. Yes. Um, this week, as someone who is um, very much in student loan debt, who it's been hanging over my head for quite some time, as, um, as I am three degrees in, um, they were there was talk, and I first saw this on Twitter, um, when they were saying that um, President Biden, I'm going to call him by his name, President JoJo, was um, actually thinking about uh, completely canceling loan debt. Now that was the first message that came out. So, you know, we all got hyped because I was like, Lord, the things I could do if I if that debt was completely wiped clean, like I, my, my credit score would be 850. Um, but soon after, and I would say probably the very next day that it, it went from, complete uh, forgiveness of everything to $50,000 of people's student loan debt, which, you know, is really a significant amount for me and might cover some of everybody's. So then from that, for 50,000, it went to 10,000. And that ain't gonna be nothing but a drop in the bucket. That's not gonna help nobody in my mind. So um, there's all this talk around and nobody really knows the real dollar amounts. They haven't been released. There's just been talk about a level of forgiveness, um, how the government is restructuring forgiveness programs that may in, in help people to kind of get rid of some, of some, if not all of their student loan debt. But um, there was an article and you guys can look it up and it's on, um, of all places, you who finance. And it was uh, President Biden's changing his mind on student loan forgiveness is a tremendous victory, which was said by Ayanna Presley, Representative Ayanna Presley. Um, mm. But then it, within the article, they put up a, uh, like a, not a pie chart, but statistics to show how many people it would affect if they did the 10,000, if they did the 50,000, if they forgave it all. So, um, of course, if they forgive it all, it's like 80% of the population who are in student loan debt would be affected. Um, I think if they did 50,000, it was like 69%. And then you drop it to 10 and it's like 20%. So, you know, if we keep it at 50 and everybody keeps saying that he, um, they keep interpreting his messages when he's saying he's not looking at 50, they're interpreting it as he's looking at less than 50, but nobody's interpreting as he's looking over 50. So I, I, I like to be optimistic that maybe he's thinking 100,000. 
Maybe he's thinking all these other things, but in the things that I have studied and read about student loan debt, because I work at a, at a university, I always am very much looking at loans and the percentages and all that stuff and all the, the um, debt that my students are in. The smartest way to eliminate student loan debt that would help everybody is if you just got rid of all the interest. Take everything yeah. people paid and apply it to principal, get rid of those interest charges because I can honestly say I'm in a lot of student loan debt. And I would say that because of interest, my student loan debt has tripled because of interest, not because mm -hmm. of the amount that I borrowed, but because of interest. So people are saying maybe the way to really forgive it is to put it at, put every wipe interest from everybody's student loans, put it at zero, and then let people pay off what they actually borrowed. Because I saw a tweet where a guy said that he borrowed like $40,000. Wait a minute, he, he was in student loan debt for like $200,000. He had paid $172,000 of his debt and he was still $190,000 in debt. No. Because of interest. Not because of what he borrowed initially, but because of the interest charges. So... You know, it's um, it's uh, the student loan game is a scam. I would love for people to either make college free again. Um, in foreign countries, students pay to go to high school, go to college for free. So, you know, it, the responsibility of high school falls on the family. Then when mm -hmm. they're out, they can go to and do the world and then come back and go to college and it doesn't cost them anything. So they can start their careers free of debt. So... I'm very biased and because um, it affects me and it affects my students. I want the shit to go. The only thing that I have to say about this is they can find trillions of dollars for war. But you don't think education matters? I know that they know education matters because they be trying to make niggas have doctors just to sit at a front desk and answer a phone. That's not true. Because if, if education mattered, they would pay teachers more than $30,000 a year. Exactly. So it definitely matters. The other thing I have to say about this, and then I'm done, we can move on, is all the people who are just like, no, don't forgive you because I had to pay all, all of mine. You're fucking haters. You're haters. And I have paid on my student loans. And if the next person gets all of theirs wiped out, amen and praises to you. You get to start your life like you should be able to, like all the other privileged people. I'm not mad at it. I'm not hating on it. I need for them to do away with these student loans, period. Yeah. The end. Um, moving on with our current events, and I'm not spending too much time on this. Elon Musty buying Twitter and everyone's like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. I'm gonna just tell you right now, these billionaires doing what they wanna do with their money, like when it starts to affect me, because I really do use Twitter basically for what we're doing, right? To bring attention to what we're doing. I need to ramp up my, my presence there with OVI. When Musty does something that affects what we are doing to him, I will be like, it's time to go. But until then, what are we going to do, right? Because if we leave, then we have to leave Instagram because Nutty Zuckerberg be doing fucked up shit over there too, right? 
So what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Kaylin, would you leave? I mean, I don't I don't know. I haven't really thought I'm the best way for me to put this is that I don't keep up with current events on purpose. And the reason why is because information changes so quickly that like by the time you form your opinion on something, you have new information about that it changes your opinion again. So to be quite honest, like I'm kind of just like faded in the background just to see what's going to happen. Because my my thing is like, I'm not really... I'm not really interested in seeing like what he's going to do on Twitter, but I also study Twitter. So I look at Twitter completely different than Mm -hmm. other, probably other users. I use it basically for my research. So like if I can still get my research done, that's really all I care about. And I got all the things that I need to finish my dissertation. So at this point, it's just kind of like, okay. (laughs) And I mean, just in general, like, none of these billionaires are not good people so i don't really like everything has a bad person in charge of it facebook instagram tiktok um snapchat all of them have bad people in charge all of them so what's the difference about this bad person like he's trash the rest of them are trash like they don't give a shit about us anyway and twitter's already a shitty place for the most part a lot of its policies and regulations don't work. People are not safe online. So it's, it's it'll be interesting to see, but I also don't think that he's bright enough to actually enact any type of change on his, his end to benefit him on Twitter. Like I've seen people say like, oh, he's gonna you know reactivate all his friends' accounts. His friends probably already have like burner accounts anyway. Yep. Like these people are online and they're terrible people anyway. So like him allowing Trump or somebody to get Twitter again, like we got plenty of Trumpies on there. Like, you know what I mean? So I I don't know, but I do, I do understand people's like panic of like, oh, I want to leave because like, I feel like it's going to infringe on me being able to build community and stuff like that, which is true, (laughs) but we don't know what's going to happen. So it's really like speculation and like trying to imagine what could happen. It's just going to stress people out. And I don't have time for that. I'm already stressed out enough with school. So (laughs) I don't give a shit. That's basically how I feel. And that's not being insensitive. It's just, what are we going to do? We're going to go blow up Twitter headquarters? Like, no. So there's that. Look, you already saw what I did. I, I, when when I contributed to the Patreon for Adrian, Jackson to finish his his alternative to Twitter so I'm just waiting yeah. for that to see how that works because I remember when he first started that was some years ago I think that was when Trump got elected like he started working on it but it was costly and he was footing the bill himself so he stopped doing it but now that he has uh done the Patreon and he has enough patrons he's able to kind of finish it so I'm I'm you know just like people are leaving TikTok and going to fan base like it's kind of you you do both until you make the whole switch to the other. So I'm just trying to see what that's about. It will be what it will be. Yes. Last but not least, and this actually runs into our episode, kind of has something to do with it. In Italy, they are now making it a, a law that children 
get the mother and the father's surname. It's not just the dad's. And I appreciate this because we as women, or I should say the person who holds the reproductive organs, carry the womb, why they can't, why kid can't have our name too? Like we are literally doing all of the work. We're to give birth to this child, right? They are cooking in our womb. We give birth to them. Technically, we're the custodial parent from the jump, whether the father is involved or not. And then we turn around and the kid just automatically gets the dad's last name. No. So I'm all for it, Italy. Bug is like, mom, change my name. So that's going to be her early birthday, one of her early birthday gifts. Before she gets to seventh grade, she's gonna have both of our last names because we're both her parents. Why not? Right. So are you gonna hyphenate it? No, it's gonna be just like mine is. You know how I have Walker Delano? Yeah. Hers is gonna be Walker Delano instead of her two last instead of her dad's two last names. Oh, is it that what it is? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't realize it was it was that way. Mine? No, I didn't realize that instead of having his two la his two last names, like I, because I already she's still Samuels, correct? Yeah, she's still okay. Samuels. Okay, just I was just checking. No, she was like, go ahead and make that change. So I'm with it. You know, I hope more parents look into it. There are different cultures where they give the kid the mother's last name. Like that's kind of popular in the Latino culture. One of the middle names is the mom's last name. Well, you know, that's how, um, that's why Na Naomi Osaka is Naomi Osaka and not her father's last name. Yeah. Because to culturally to be included in like the Japanese role or something like that, she has to have her mother's surname. So that's why that's her name and not what her African father's last name is. So I implore future parents, even par parents now, this is part of don't mess up the children. Give them both. Oh, and the government was like, it is both parents' responsibility to, to take care of this kid. So both parents' names should be present. I'm all for it. Moving on. Now we talk about our relationship with music. And Kaylin, I, you know, I don't know if you've picked out something that you've been listening to this week, mm -hmm. but me and Tara talk about what has been on our cycle. And for me, it's been Alex Isley. Like her voice really be making me think I want to invest time in falling in love again. I don't know why. It's just, it's her voice is very whimsical. And I'm just like, oh, love, I love it. Even when she be talking about, listen, nigga, don't be wasting my time. I'm not part of your convenience factor. Get on the good foot. It still makes me feel like having hope. So this week was me having hope. Thank you, Alex. It's going to fade, but thank you. That's what okay. I've been listening to. Kaylin, what you been listening to? Um, I've been listening. So I have a couple of playlists that I listen to all the time. It's either my girls and girls playlist, which is just femme and queer rappers. And then I have a playlist that I made called um r&b songs that are stuck in my head and <laughs> right now the songs that are stuck in my head are 
Over by Lucky Day, oh, Ask Like That by Victoria Monet, and What's Love by Baby Tate. Like, What's Love by Baby Tate got me in a choke hole. <laughs> when I tell you I listen to that song at least 20 times a day, like in the shower, when I'm getting dressed, when I'm driving, when I'm in the house, I'll be singing it. I don't know what it is about that song, but I love that song. Like, I don't, I've never felt the way that she feels in that song. But I just love, like, she's very talented, obviously. Like, she's the favorite star. Mm -hmm. So, like, she's extremely talented, a great writer, a great singer. But, like, that song is just really good. And I love R&B. And I love hip-hop. So, but I like listening to women rap, mainly. So that's basically what I listen to. Literally every week is the same thing. Women rapping and people singing. Like, I even have a playlist called Sing Along, where every song on there, I could sing at karaoke because I know all the words. (laughs) Like I'm dedicated to the cause. Need these playlists in my life. I'm dedicated yeah. to the cause. I'm I'm very dedicated. So that's what I've been on. Um, well, since I took my trip, um, I have been listening only to Burner Boy since I left um the concert on Thursday night. Um, I was already a fan of Burner Boy, and but actually watching him perform, like he's like I got told Sin earlier, he's a fucking rock star, but because he's an Afrobeat or an African artist, most people don't don't know or don't really kind of care to see that. But it's a feat to sell out Madison Square Garden. That's not like an easy task. So you know, I want people to pay attention. If you uh, don't know who Burner Boy is, just um, watch the Diddy uh, hosted Billboard Music Awards. He will be performing. Um, in Las Vegas on that stage. But I also um, saw respect um, on the plane. And um, I have always been a huge Aretha Franklin fan. Like you can't not who you can't not be an Aretha Franklin fan. But um, I, I watched the movie and I was telling Sunita about the song her sister wrote for her. And it was it Sunita, it was I Never Loved a Man. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, the lyrics are, uh, you're a no good heartbreaker, you're a liar and you're a cheat. And I don't know why I let you do these things to me that you ain't no, you, that you ain't no good, but, oh, they don't know that I'd leave you if I could. So her base, her sister basically wrote that about Aretha Franklin's husband, uh, at the time when, they, and so, I just didn't know that it was all this drama going on with Aretha Franklin, but that has always been one of my favorite Aretha Franklin songs. So uh, that's what's been playing in my head for the past couple of days. I love Aretha. Yes. She's the best. So without further ado, episode 14, Don't Mess Up the Children. It is Mental Health Awareness Month during the month of May. So we have four episodes that will be related to that. This being the first one with Professor Coghill. And we invited her on because she takes a special interest in childhood trauma, parenting the inner child. And I've had several conversations with her here and there about, you know, doing the work of breaking generational curses. And it's it's difficult because it's not just one area in which we are attempting 
to break these generational curses because all these areas are related to us not messing up the children. You know, they say, once you heal yourself, you're healing part of the past and you're making way for a healed future. So Kaylin be saying some real shit when it comes to all of this. And it's from a perspective, I like Kaylin's perspective because it isn't sugar-coated with all these fancy words that make room for people to beat around the fucking bush about, are y'all gonna protect the kids or not? Mm -hmm. Right. That's what it's about, right? When we say don't mess up the children, how much are we willing to protect these children? They're mental because we can't just look at it from a physical, I mean, people forget your brain is part of your body. So that is the physical. So you, you gonna protect the babies across the board or just in the areas that are comfortable for you. So. Correct. Like Kayla had a lot to say in the same areas that we do Tamara. So let's get into it. All right. Um, look, I was like, where do we start? <laughs> so much, so much trauma. I, I feel like last week we, um, we kind of touched on a little bit of this when we were talking about children of divorce. Mm-hmm. And when you corrected me in saying when I was like, you know, I was, all, I was all right. And you were like, no, you're not all right. Because you were able to identify that you have issues based on the fact that your parents got divorced. So you wanted black people to stop saying that, you know, we're all right, even though, even though I got beat, I turned out okay. Even though, you know, I was, right. you know, I was abused. I'm okay. But we, that we have to stop saying that. And again, when you said that to me, I didn't realize like, I, cause I say it all the time. I mean, yep. I'm okay it's just but but I'm not I'm I'm literally not okay so like how do we start to for people to recognize that they are the not okay from their childhood as they move on in life to when they have children yeah I you know Kaylin we me and Tamara kind of do this double dutch thing. So feel free to jump in. Maybe sometimes we will ask you questions directly, but I know that I have a child and prior to this, it was just suppress, suppress, suppress. Anything that bothered me about my childhood, suppress it. As long as I don't have to deal with it, I can get on with life, right? But you don't realize that maybe people see you as being angry all the time because of everything that you suppress and things are triggering you and you don't realize it. You just be like, oh, I hate these people. They stupid or this, that, and the third. But it is suppressed trauma. You've been messed up as a kid. You haven't been taught how to process it or deal with it. So it's coming out in different areas. You know, abandonment issues, not wanting to get close to nobody. You know, this, this whole fuck nigga arena and women can be fuck niggas too. Like where we're like, I don't want certain intimacy. I don't want to get too close. That usually stems from childhood trauma, abandonment issues. If I get too close, they don't leave or they're going to leave when I need them the most. So let me just be a fuck nigga because then I don't have to get close to nobody. It's being an asshole. You know what I'm saying? These are things I had to look in the face when I decided, okay, I am gonna have this child. Do I want her to be this person? 
I mean, even though I was okay with being that person, because I had just accepted, I'm just going to be this person because I don't want to deal with this shit. I was like, do I want my kid to be this person? Right. Do I want to willingly mess her up like this? It clicked. I have to change. And I have to, and it's not an easy change, y'all, because you literally have to change everybody you hang around who has the same mentality. So it's a very lonely process because it could literally be your entire group of friends. Tamara, of course, you made the cut (laughs) because you got some sense. But, and it could be your family too. And this is where we get into, do you want your children inflicted with the same trauma and the same curses that you went through because you're afraid to detach from the dysfunction of your family? That's your community. And I get it. That's why a lot of people don't do this work because it's like, I don't, my family's the only community that I have. I can't do this alone. And so we end up messing up the children. I think my situation is a little different. Like I didn't, I never, I don't, I never considered my family, my community because Mm -hmm. of how I was raised and the situations that I was put into. So For me, I'm not a parent, I don't have children, but I am involved a lot in the lives of youth. And um, I am the second oldest of 10. So I do play a maternal role in a lot of lives for a lot of people. And one thing that I always say is that like, a lot of parents need to get therapy to assist them with being better versions of themselves because a lot of times they, like you said, they become these hardened versions of themselves because it works for them, but they don't understand how like you're cultivating and assisting this new person in the world, but you are cultivating them with these ideologies and these waves of being that are toxic, but have worked for you because you don't know nothing else. And I think that a lot of parents refuse to get therapy and to get the help they need because they feel like well I'm the parent I know what I'm doing I'm gonna figure it out I'm doing the best I can but like I don't believe that parents are doing the best they can because if you were doing the best they can if you were doing the best that you could you would be taking care of your mental health so you could actually show up for your children Mm -hmm. and what I've noticed a lot especially with a lot of the work that I do as far as just like working with the youth and just showing up for young people is that a lot of their parents and a lot of the adults in their life do not look as, look at them as humans. So they look at them as property. So they think that because they're property, they're not required to, you know, go, go deep within and to change things about themselves because they don't look at these children as children. So yeah, they're going to fuck up the kids because they don't look at them as kids, they're property. Right. They belong to them. So they're going to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And I think that it's unfortunate because not every child is going to grow up to be well adjusted. Not every child is going to seek therapy. Like I go to therapy every week. I have two therapists and a psychiatrist. Like I do a lot of stuff for my mental health, but not everybody has the accessible, the accessibility or the means to do that, or even the willpower to do that. Right. Cause that shit's hard. But I think that like, it starts with the adults that are in the children's lives. Like I blame the adults always. I blame people's parents. I blame their teachers. I blame their quote unquote mentors, the adults that they come into contact to. Like you have a responsibility to show up for the youth because they are children. And I feel like people 
also forget that children are children. They adultify children and they put these adult responsibilities on them because mm-hmm. you don't know how to be adult your damn self. And that's right. not like a personal fucking problem to me, honestly. <laughs> because like, and I'm one of those people like, and this is like, it's very controversial, but I'm one of those people where I wish there was like some type of like rules and regulations or like testing in order for you to become a parent because I do not believe that everyone should be a parent. I do not believe that people deserve their children because a lot of people do not like kids. They do not know how to take care of kids and they don't give a shit about trying to figure it out. Right. And I feel like there are so many, there are so many kids out here who are now adults who are now parents trying to unlearn what their parents did and it's hard for them Mm -hmm. and they don't realize that like life would be so much easier if I didn't have to deal with my personal adult trauma from like dealing with adulting on top of all the dumb shit that you did to me as a child because you refused to take care of your own damn mental health so now I gotta do all this and now somebody's mom and I work a full-time job and yep. I'm trying to figure out the world that you didn't help me navigate because you thought I was fucking property. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> I could talk, talk about this all day because like I drag parents all the time. Like I don't give a shit. Like I don't have kids and I'm very aware of that, but like I'm an advocate for children and I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Right. I don't think that children have enough advocates for them. A lot of times <laughs> it's a, it, it, in, when you, something you said that struck me was like when we adultify kids, it's it's like from the moment they're born it's like they it's no it was it's like they're many versions of you and you but you don't really want them to be many versions of of, you don't do that because you're not healthy you are not a healthy human so why would you want your child to be an unhealthy child like that and I don't think that people understand that when they project those things onto their children they do not they don't understand that and that so, like you said they need to go seek the help so they can be better people for their kids mm-hmm. so so many of us need to parent our inner child and I know that there are there are lots of people within our community the black community who they think these are nothing but buzzwords it's trendy oh everybody trying to do conscious parenting gentle parenting and it's like intentionally be a good parent that's what that's all this shit is like I don't I've heard so many people I don't to explain myself to this kid or they don't want to share certain things with their kid that the kids should know like why does the kid know about eviction because they live in the fucking house too right like why wouldn't you tell them that they y'all don't have nowhere to live like how instead of them finding out later like a lot of us raise our kids to be blind to the reality of the world and they go out there and they have to learn it in school or from their peers or unfortunately, and this this causes trauma too, they learn it from another adult that is is, is a predator. Yeah. And then they don't know to like talk to you. And this is, I know some people cringe at how I talk about parents because it is common for people to be like, your parents did the best that they could. No the fuck they didn't. Mm-mm. No the fuck they didn't because as Kaylin said, your best would have been thinking about the impact of what you were doing as you're raising your child. And, 
you know, my mom says she has suggested several times for my dad to get therapy. And he said, no, I'm not talking to these, to these people about my life. I don't know these people, these is strangers. And it's like, well, I understand that and it having to do with other things deeper within our community, you didn't take advice from other people that you knew either. Mm-hmm. Was right. you knew best. But a, a lot of parents don't want to admit this. But sometimes when we say, I'm doing what's best for you, talking about our kids, we're doing what's best for ourselves. Yes. Right doing what's more convenient, what's easiest. Because if we chose the other route, which is this person needs a life guardian, right? They don't need a dictator. They need somebody to help them through life. They don't know, they don't know shit. They're kids, right? They know they're not stupid, but they don't know how the world works. Shit, we barely know how it works. And we're adults, right? Right. So I don't pull any punches when I say that and I see my peers cringe because they have told themselves that they are doing their best. But I'm just being honest. There was a time if somebody told me you're doing your best, I'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm tired. When I would snap at Logan, being impatient, that was not me doing my best. Granted, there are reasons, right? I'm working all these jobs. I'm in school full time. I'm hella sick for my chronic illness yes there are reasons why I was impatient but is that her fault right no so when I looked at okay I left to go to LA to do my writing thing but then I saw and Tamara you know Kaylin Tamara is privy to this because we all used to live together and so even though Tamara was very supportive of me getting my dreams out we knew that it was impacting Bug. Yeah. He was doing terribly. Like, and it was, it was a choice I had to make. Do I let my daughter fail at life or do I put this to the side and do what is best for her? And it's true. What's best for my kid isn't always what's best for me. I can admit that, but I'm also the adult. And I, done li- I lived 30 years before she came along and I chose to have her here. So why would I intentionally fail her? And a lot of us parents can't admit that because then we would have to admit a whole lot, a lot of other things that we're not ready to change or face. And I just, I feel like in an effort to not mess up our children, we have to be more honest. We have to. I, th- I think that when, when you said that you had to, she didn't ask to be here and I chose to have her, I want people to sometimes really look at the reasons why they had, why they had their children. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll hear the stories, you know, like I know from my parents that my mom got married at 19 and she was trying to get pregnant at 19, but she had a problem getting pregnant. And so she was 24 when she had me. And so they were purposely trying to have children because that's what my mom knew. That's what my grandmother did. That's what all her sisters did. They got married. They had kids. That was kind of the, the line in the sand. Um, when we always talk about my sister and she was like, and she was like, I hate to even say this. And she was like, but that wasn't supposed to happen. 
Like it was, and, but it was a situation like my mom was like, you know, I wouldn't change it, but it wasn't a situation where me and your father were in the space because at that, because my sister was less than a year old when they split up. So they weren't even in the space where they really liked each other, mm. but you know, they was having sex and you know, when you have sex, babies come. And so I think that if people really kind of look at in the space when they were, you know, when they did get pregnant or when they decided to have a kid, what was the motivation behind that? Like, I know, I know when sin, when you told me that you were pregnant, I was, I almost threw the phone. Like when you, <laughs> when you said it to me, cause you were like, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. And I was like, bitch, what? Like I was like going, I was losing my mind. Cause I was like, wait a minute. To give some clarity, Kaylin, I wasn't supposed to be able to have kids at all. This is what the doctors have been telling me since I was 18. I was like, good, because that aligns with what I'm doing. And then, boom, I wind up pregnant at 29. And I was like, how did this happen? Right? So I have to have honesty in this, too. I would not suggest anyone have a kid for the reason that I had bug either because it was about me. I didn't want kids, but I, in my mind, I was like, what if I end up wanting kids like five years from now? And I don't, I'm not able to, this was like a one-off, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe I should just have this kid. And I wouldn't suggest that for the simple fact that I knew I had to make immediate changes. I sat before I let her know, Tamara know, I sat on the toilet and I cried for like seven minutes. Cause I was like, my entire life is gonna have to change. I knew I had to make that commitment. It wasn't, oh, maybe I could still be this way. And it was hard as fuck. I'm not even gonna lie to anybody, but that's part of breaking our generational curses I think some people think that you can ease into it. Like, oh, I'm just gonna, I may like change this or that. It really do be like cold turkey, going cold turkey on literally everything. It's no different than finding out you're pregnant and you used to drink a lot. Well, if you continue, here's the consequences. So I used to drink a lot and I was like, I'm not drinking anything. I think I maybe had three glasses of wine the entire time I was pregnant. And that was because the doctor was like, just drink a cut. You can drink a, a glass a night to help ease your nerves. And that still felt risky to me. But I did drink three times. Wow. And it wasn't hard liquor. It was the wine and it was doctor recommended, but it wasn't anything I wanted to play with. I was prescribed medications, narcotics while I was pregnant with her. I did not take them. I just dealt with the pain because I was like, I'm not fucking this kid up. I'm not going to risk it. And it's something that when it comes to breaking generational curses, it's a commitment, kind of like when you get married, you wake up and you commit to that person every day. And Kayla, you are familiar with this because you're married. It's an everyday thing. I still love my husband. I'm still here. I'm still going to do what I need to do to be with him. You have to commit to your children the same way. And Kaylin, like you said, because people don't look at their children as fucking human beings, they don't make a commitment to them. They treat them like 
a piece of property. I can get rid of this motherfucker or I, I can choose not to take care of them if it's being an inconvenience to me. And it just is, it don't work. I wanted to like go back and talk about, so when Tam was talking about, I'm trying to remember exactly, oh, about the, the people's motives for having children. This mm-hmm. is why I'm a proponent for reproductive justice education starting mm-hmm. when you are in elementary school because people need to understand the options that they have. A lot of people do not know that they have options and that's how they end up having children. And that's how a lot of children end up in situations with parents that did not want them. Right. And yeah. that's not to say that every single person who doesn't want their child, you know, was like, I'm, I'm against abortion or, or I'm against adoption or whatever, no basically it's like when you have the education and the understanding of the options that you do have you can make better decisions and choices for yourself but also those choices need to be access- accessible right? right so like i'm not a pro a pro choice ass nigga i'm a pro access ass nigga right because you can tell somebody yes. oh you have a choice to get an abortion but if they can't afford an abortion they don't have a place in their town to get an abortion they don't have child care for the children they already have because abortions are hard on your body like you can't go get one, right? right? You don't have that support. So I feel like a lot of times, especially now with everything that's going on with abortion laws and just birth control and reproductive justice in general, I feel like a lot of people do not take just reproductive health and understanding seriously. And that's how we end up in a situation <clears throat> where we have so many kids and so many parents that are unhappy because realistically, if you don't want kids and you end up pregnant, like, I don't get mad at people like that. Like when you fuck, you can get pregnant. Like it happens just like in your case, you were not supposed to be able to get pregnant. The doctor told you, you can't get pregnant. Bitch is a baby in my fucking stomach. What are you talking about? (laughs) This happens. Pregnancies happen all the time, but people are not aware of their options. And also people are not given access to options, especially black and brown people, because Mm -hmm. you're just looked at as, like I said, property, like black women are looked at as machines to make babies. Like they're not looked at as actual human beings who should be able to have choices and make decisions for their bodies and themselves. And then we're put in these positions to be parents. And some of us are not equipped to be fucking parents, right? And we are trying to be parents and we're trying to mimic what we saw our parents do because one, we're afraid to break the generational curses. We don't want to be alone, like you talked about with the community, right? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you don't have anyone around you in your circle who is willing to support the decisions that you need to make in order to be a better parent. Right. So if all your friends are shitty ass mamas, of course you're going to feel weird being the only person who ain't trying to be a shitty ass mama. Like if all your friends don't give a fuck about their kids and you are like, you know what? I really want to change how I parent. They don't look at you like you're crazy. Like you don't have that support. And I feel like a lot of times something that really pisses me off, especially like with the internet and stuff is that parenting always falls on the mother. Right. It always falls on the mother. And because of that, a lot of the, a lot of the stress, a lot of the decision-making, a lot of the fucking up of the child always falls on the mother and people on the internet go out of their way 
to make sure that black mothers know that they don't matter. They make sure that black mothers know like we don't give a fuck about you or fuck about your mental health. Like my mom, like them podcast niggas. Well, my mom was a single mom and she was able to do it. Or that dumbass city high song. If my mama could do it, baby, you could do it too. Bitch, you don't know my situation. If I got to shake ass to take care of my motherfucking child, what the fuck I'm going to do? Mind your motherfucking business, right? right? But I feel like people have these especially black men have these illusions of what a what a black mom is supposed to look like because brenda was struggling all her damn life brenda was fucking miserable your mama ain't had no friends she ain't never had no niggas she ain't never go nowhere no damn concerts she worked two three jobs she was tired and you want your partner to be the same way you want the mother of your child to live the same life your mother did because that's what your idea of a black mother looks like these people got it all fucked up it's I feel like they never talk to their mothers. Like you don't really talk to your mama. Mm-hmm. You call your mama and you you be like, hey, mom, how you doing? She'd be like, good. And you'd be like, all right, I was just checking in. Those are the conversations you have with your mother. Because if you had a real fucking conversation with your mother and ask her how her life was, she would tell you, I've had those conversations with my mother. Like yeah. I know things about my mom and dad's relationship that every sometimes people are like, she should have never told you that. Why not? You need to know. I need to make know. the same decisions. And yeah. then also, it, it allows you to look at your parents as humans. That's yeah. one thing that I can say that I've learned through my own inner child work is that my mom has no problem. She's an addict. She didn't take care of her mental health. My father was murdered when I was very young. So I grew up with different family members. One thing that I have learned through therapy and my own inner child work and stuff is that when I look at my mom and my dad as adults and humans, I can understand how they ended up in that situation. I remember asking my mom around my 27th birthday, we had finally gotten contact. And I said, when did you feel like you couldn't take care of me anymore? Because I wanted to know, I needed to understand. And she was like, after your father was killed, she was like, I just felt like I wasn't equipped to be your mother. I was like 27, 28 years old. I was also 27 at that time and I was going through my own personal hell and I couldn't imagine going through that and being somebody's fucking mom. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, I said, well, why didn't you go to family for support? And she was like, because I felt like I couldn't go to them because I had never seen an example of someone asking for help. Mm -hmm. I've never seen the black woman in our family asking for help. Wow. So why would I do that? So you just decided, you know, so she continued to be a shitty ass mama. And that's just what it is. But I also understood that she was a human. I understood that the same thing with my grandma, like they have a very tumultuous relationship, but I understand because my grandmother had a really bad relationship with her mother. Right. Every it's, 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 it's generational. Mm-hmm. Right? And, I, and I've made the decision not to have kids. And now they're saying that I can't have kids, which is fine, whatever. But I had made the decision not to have kids at first because I was like, I don't want to be like my mom. But now it's more so like I can show up for kids without having to actually give birth to them. But I also want to make sure that I work on myself first because I have a lot of childhood trauma. And I don't want, just like Sin said, I don't want to fuck up another, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have bring a daughter into the world and she has the same type of mother-daughter relationship that I had with my mom or my mom had with my grandma or my grandma had with my great-grandma and so on and so forth. Like, that shit's crazy to me. 
And mm-hmm. I think I think that people need to realize that that's why people don't have kids, not because, you know, because all the older generation will always be like the children nowadays are so selfish. They don't have no babies. They don't. Who take care of these damn babies that y'all want us to have so bad? Who? You are you paying for these babies? No, none of y'all paying for these babies. But y'all, y'all not trying to babysit either. Yeah, y'all, y'all the grandmas, me and my friends, <laughs> me and my friends say all the time, the grandmas ain't like the grandmas used to be. No. They're not watching the kids no more. So why the hell would we be having kids if the grandma not the grandma not even at home? How you gonna babysit the kids when you out? Yeah, the community these grandmas ain't the same. It's not the the communities are not built the same, and. You know, me and Tamara use this platform to be fully transparent about our lives. And I am a perfect case study of having needing accessibility for things like an abortion. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to have it, but I called my parents. I asked to come home. I had a job. I wasn't going to be a bum living off of them. I just needed to get on my feet. And Bug was six, five? Yeah. He was five. And the closest, the place that was closest to us, the Planned Parenthood, you couldn't be 10 weeks or more for them to do the DNC. The closest place to go if you were 10 weeks or more was two states away. Yep. So I had to make a decision and I had to make it fast. And it was it was a one of the most terrible things I've ever experienced because my family was not supportive at all. But they told me I was committing a sin against God if I got an abortion. So you're not gonna help me, but you're gonna tell me I'm committing a sin. Like you could fuck the fuck off forever. Exactly. And it's creating more trauma, even though I was an adult, it was creating more trauma because of the abandonment. It's, it's, I need support, right? Anyone who has kids, kids are expensive and they're only, it's only getting more expensive as the decades go by, right? The years go by. And so to not have that support, but then tell someone that they're committing a sin if they do what they need to do, I couldn't, there was no way at that time I was making $1,800 a month with one child. There was no way in hell I could take care of two kids. No health care with $1,800 a month. Ain't no way. But people will tell you all the time what you should and you shouldn't do. And it's like, this is part of breaking those generational curses. Even like you said, if you have friends who are shitty parents and you want to do better, you're not going to get the support that you need. Right. So I've had I've had friends that had kids too, but they was about beating their kids. If your kid come over here, that's what's going to happen to them. No, the fuck it's not. Yeah. Don't touch my motherfucking kid. So it's it is this thing where you're very much so alone while you're trying to do this. If you're trying to get it fucking right. Right. And it's exasperating because shouldn't we all want our children to be protected? Yeah. Shouldn't we want them to grow up feeling like they can come to you 
about anything and talk to you about anything. I, you know, Kaylin, you mentioned you were able to see your parents as real people. I asked my parents, I want to, I want to know like who you were before you had kids. They've been, they have been together since they were 16, but they didn't have me and my sister until they were 20 and 22. And then they had my brother when they were like 28 and they wouldn't tell us. My mom wants to talk about it now. I'll be fucking 43 in six months. Are you kidding me? Now I'm gonna listen. <laughs> Cause you need that tea. You need that tea now. You gotta get the tea. Of course. I want all the juice. <laughs> I'm asking you prior to, to this even happening before I, I was even pregnant with Logan and you telling me, I don't need to be concerned with that. Just know that I'm your parent. And that's not enough. It's just, that's not enough. Just to be a parent is not enough. I don't care what anyone says. Like there, it's more to, it's more to it than just showing up as a parent. You also need to show up as someone that your child can trust, an adult that your child can trust and that an adult that your child knows is being honest with them. And being honest with your child is allowing them to know about who you are. There's you, the, the amount of secrets that people find out about their parents in their adulthood blows, blows me. And it makes me, <laughs> it makes me so sad because I listen to a lot of like memoirs and stuff yeah. and I hear about them finding out about their parents and like some of the stuff that they find out, it literally makes me cringe with this like your child was suffering mm-hmm. because of what you were going through and you wouldn't even have a conversation with them about it. Yeah. They had to go through hell because you wouldn't have a conversation I think about how like my mom was like scamming and hustling and doing all these horrible things and I couldn't understand what was going on and she would just lie to me about stuff and then as I got older I started to understand that like oh we stayed at motels because we were homeless or we got evicted or she was stealing from so-and-so or she lied about the car getting repossessed and I'm thinking to myself like why were you why were you lying to me like that like why didn't you just tell me the truth and that's one thing I try to be as honest as I can especially with children like I don't even when I'm teaching college students I don't hold nothing back because they need honest adults in their life that's important yeah and that's how you break these curses like they need to be able to see that adults can exist and be honest because a lot of adults just be fucking lying they do it's it's difficult and Tamara when you mentioned that you know if these men would talk to their mothers the other side of that is there are some mothers who i gotta protect my son so i'm not gonna tell him who his father really is and the mother-in-law she told me that i was being selfish i needed to put the things that i wanted to accomplish on the back burner help uh, help her son get accomplished and then her son would come and help me get accomplished rarely does it ever work that way Mm -mm. never would i suggest that to anybody you are a partnership if you are in a couple and you're raising a child and you want your child to witness that, I didn't want my self-identified girl child to witness her mother become a slave because right. that's basically what you're doing. I don't promote that. I do not think that's what it means to be a woman. And that's not what it means to be a good partner. That's a dictatorship. I got to do what you tell me to do until you're ready to do what I would like to do. And so many years will go by that you don't even get to do what you want to do. Right. That's not an example I'm feeding to my child. 
And that's also a way for us to break generational curses as women is stop feeding this bullshit to the girls and the boys mm -hmm. about these gender roles that we be playing in our marriages or in our relationships, period. Like, I'm getting it out the mud because I have to. I'm not getting out the mud because I actually want to do all this shit by myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to push that message to anybody. I would never tell anybody, whatever gender they identify with, to have a kid by themselves. You need a community. You need the support. Otherwise, you are going to mess up the children because Bug's dad offered balance because he had things about him that I didn't have. And so when it's gone, it all falls on me. Right. Mm -hmm. so I come up short. I'm not even gonna lie about that. The child is gonna get messed up. There's yep. some things you 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 know, as parents, you can't avoid some stuff because of the circumstances, but that's not an excuse to not do your best. In the in the face of truth, we have to be transparent with our children and tell them the truth. And I get it. That is also part of breaking the generational curses is really stepping back and looking at how honest we are with children because um Kaylin one of my friends was in a really bad car accident earlier this week and she's really close to bug and so I told I told bug the entire time I was talking to her mother on the phone bug could hear everything that was going on and even though another friend was like you, bug can hear everything that, that you're saying and I was like yeah I don't I'm not hiding anything from her like it doesn't I feel like our children while they don't need to interject every five seconds because nothing annoys me more than kids who be jumping in conversations they got like mind your business but allowing them to see who you are as a person and see who the adults around you are I think it creates this safety that you mentioned, Kaylin, where they can start to trust you. Like, oh, I can trust that my mom will at least at the very least listen or my dad will listen to what I have to say about things like this because they listen to their friends, you know, or I do it too because one thing about you Libras, my kid is probably the most judgmental motherfucker that I know. But she do not be wrong when she be calling her shit. Like, she like, mommy, I'm judgmental, but mm -mm. that person, mm -mm. and she has been like that, I kid you not, since the womb. I would give her to like, people be like, oh, can I hold her? This, Logan was not a crier at all. She would scream her ass off with people that had bad vibes. Yeah. And I was like, I have to pay attention to that because children and animals, they don't be missing shit. Us adults, we miss shit because we may like someone because, oh, they listen to me all the time. But that person may be shady as fuck and telling all your motherfucking business. Kids can sense that. Like, mm -mm. there have been people I have been like, I'm not fucking with this person and we're sitting and got on my last motherfucking nerve. And then Bug will say something and I'd be like, fuck. Because I know that she's sensing, even though she sees the good in people, she sees beyond it too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we as adults need to give more credit to children and stop thinking that, 
we are the only ones who can gauge what is safe and what is not safe simply because we're adults. Right. Children have this intuition that sometimes it dulls down in us as adults because we are focused on so many other things. Yeah. You know, so I just, as far as being solution oriented, because that is one of the things when me and Tamara decided to take on outside voice inside, we didn't want to just talk about, oh, here are all the problems. Like we didn't want our podcast to become a bitch fest. We wanted it to be solution oriented too when we were talking about things that are of importance. So, you know, with the work that you do, Kaylin, with younger people, what are some solutions that you find actually work in parenting your inner child in order to work with the youth and also to prevent or stop yourself from causing them more trauma in their lives? I think the main thing, and like, I can't stress this enough, and I tell people this all the time, and I know it's probably annoying, but like, therapy, like, <laughs> that's going to always be my first go-to, because like, I'm a spiritual person, but a lot of people try to use religion and spirituality and stuff like that as a way to like, start the inner child work, but like, you need therapy. And I really think that a type of therapy that I think works best for inner child work and parenting yourself is EMDR therapy. I've been doing that for about two years now. And basically EMDR therapy is like, you kind of like go back into like limiting beliefs and memories and you kind of work through those. So that way you can process them. And then once you process them, they no longer like come up for you. Okay. And that's been really helpful for me as far as just like the limiting beliefs of like, where does this idea of I am not enough come from? Where does this idea of, you know, my body not being my own come from? Where does this idea of, you know, loneliness, abandonment, like where do these things actually stem from and working through those? And that honestly has made it very easy for me to show up for kids. Now I've always shown up for children. I've been babysitting since I was in third grade. I told you I was the second oldest of 10. Like I've always shown up for kids. I've always had a love for kids. Mm -hmm. Even when I was like hell bent in high school, like I ain't never having kids. <laughs> you know, my nerves, like, but I always loved working with the youth. And I think that that just comes from me understanding that like, one, they use to keep you honest. They're going to keep you honest. And two, working with the youth teaches you how to be a better adult, period. Yes. Yeah. Because you have to have a level of patience and understanding and compassion that you do not have with other adults. You do not have that same patience with other adults. I am not as patient with other grown people as I am with my college students and youth. Like I treat them completely different than other Sin knows this. I hate everybody. Yes. Like I literally <laughs> like people like me and I do not like them. Nine times out of 10, I'm just like, and it's the Libra in me. Like my personality is very like, oh, yay. But like internally, I'm like, please don't talk to me. <laughs> but like with the youth and with kids, like there's a certain level of patience and understanding and compassion and grace that you have to give them. And it teaches you how to have that with yourself. And that's how you can begin to parent yourself. Because if you give grace to kids, you're going to learn how to give grace to yourself. Mm -hmm. 
it's just, it's natural. The way that you treat children, you will start to treat yourself that way naturally. If you are a hating ass nigga who hate kids, you're going to continue to be a hating ass nigga who hate yourself. Yep. Yes. People who say they hate kids are hateful ass niggas. Yeah. They yes. suck. Like if you, like I, I love that bug is as judgmental as they, as they are and that they can kind of like see how people are because when a child tells me they don't like somebody, I believe everything they said. If they say that nigga did it, they did it. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. Because like I said, they keep you honest. And I feel like that intuition that we lack, the more that you're around the youth and children and you're paying attention to them and you're listening to them being active listeners, right? Because you don't mm-hmm. need to always be giving them advice. They ain't ask your ass a goddamn thing. Right. <laughs> um the more you listen to them the more you'll learn to listen to your inner child because we forget how to listen to our inner child and once and when you're around children more and you are in positions where you have to listen to younger people you kind of learn and mimic that same thing with your own self because your inner child is the best version of yourself in my opinion I feel like your inner child has so much wonder for the world. Your inner child has imagination. Your inner child wants to see the best happen for you. And your inner child also understands that people can be shitty and that people are going to hurt you. But a lot of times we don't like revert to our inner child or like turn to our inner child because we think that children don't know what they're talking about. Right. It's it's consistently done that way. And I just, I think about <laughs> this shirt that Bug's dad had. It was a sweatshirt and it says, list. it had the, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, the Godfather, like, I want to say the, lo- the logo for the movie. Yeah. It's like puppets. Yes. And it had the same puppets and the same uh, typography. And it said, listen to the children. And it's ironic that he had that shirt because he only listened to no children. But <laughs> it's <laughs> all, the, all the ones he got. All right. Right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think about that shirt all the time because sometimes I get in this mode where I'm just, okay, I got to do this and I got to do that. And I don't be listening to Logan. And she'll say something like, I don't like when you talk to me like that. Or I don't like what you said to me. Can you not say that? And I'd be ripping and running and it reminds me that picture, that shirt, that sweatshirt pops in my head. I have to listen to her because it also tells me to listen to my inside. There's a lot of things that I have suppressed and I didn't want to admit because I felt like it made me a weak ass bitch. And it doesn't make me a weak ass bitch to say I have abandonment issues It doesn't make me a weak ass bitch to say, I need for people to show that they care about me because like you said, Kaylin, that's my inner child speaking that I have silenced all these years because so many people have told me you're being needy when you do that. You're being clingy when you do that. And I now realize just like children know that those are not people I should be around that's what I'm realizing too, is these people were good for when I was walking around tough as nails and concrete. They do not serve a purpose in my life moving forward because 
in order to be good to Logan, I need to be able to express these things. And if they would treat me like that, what do I think they're going to do to her? Mm -hmm. Right. She says, hey, I need some attention. Right. So it's it's enlightening to talk to people who really are about protecting children when they can challenge their beliefs also, because I think that's that's one of the solutions, too, is of being open-minded enough to challenge what you were raised to believe because a lot of the shit we were raised to believe was some bullshit. But we also have to create the space to process new information that helps us with ourselves and also these children, whether we birth these children or not. Like I know camera has started doing things a lot differently too because bug is in her life and if she didn't i would have to even though this is like one of my best friends kaylin i would have to be like i can't really fuck with you because i'm not trying to teach my kid that bullshit Mm -hmm. i i i think that you and bug rubbed rubbed off on me and the way that you deal with her rubbed off on me was when i told you what happened we went to target remember when i told you what happened with the target (laughs) I took her to Target and something happened. But what happened was that what wound up happening when I was paying for stuff was I started asking her questions. And because she is who she is, she was very smart with me. And so I didn't yell at her, but I raised my voice and everybody in Target looked at us. And I was like, and as soon as I realized that, I was like, I apologize to her. I said, I don't ever want to put you in a situation where people are looking at me crazy and looking at you crazy. And I said, but I don't, I didn't mean to raise my voice at you. I said, I just wanted you to give me a straight answer. And in that moment, you were choosing to not give me a straight answer. I said, so my tone changed. And I said, and I apologize for that. I said, I I would never do that. I don't want people to do that to me in public. I don't ever want to do that to you in public. And I said, and I love you. And please forgive me because I didn't mean to raise my voice. And, And once I said that to her, we, I mean, we were fine, but we were better. Once I apologize to her because I don't want, I don't want nobody yelling at me. So why, why do I feel like I need to yell at this child in the middle of a target? I was like, oh my God, that was like some shit that happened to me when I was a kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? And and nobody apologized to me. They just dragged me out of the damn store and threw me in the car. And that's pretty much, you know, (laughs) what it is. So I knew that in that moment, when I had that moment with her, that I had already, in my mind, had already fixed was fixing what things that I knew as far as dealing with children. Like, cause that's not, you know, my mom and them would yell, would yell at somebody and keep moving and won't even think twice about it. But I don't want to be that. I, that's not how I want to be with kids. I want them to understand what's happening in the moment, why I reacted that way, apologize for my own behavior and explain why the, why the behavior happened. And I did, I was able to do all of that. It was cool. We got in the car, we got something to eat. We was chilling like it was done. So thank you for teaching me, Sin. I am a better person before because of it. And, and I think that's important what you did because that shows Bug that adults are capable of doing that, yeah. right? Because a lot of times I feel like when I was a child or just in general when talking to children is that like they don't 
they can't trust adults to do those types of things. They don't believe that they can do it. So it becomes normalized that like, well, they don't, adults just don't apologize. We see it on Twitter all the time. Yeah. I don't need to apologize to my motherfucking kid. Like just crazy shit. And you think it to yourself, why not? Like you apologize to that nigga that be fucking you over all the time. Why can't you apologize <laughs> to your child? Like what's the difference? Like, I don't understand. So I think like you doing that was honorable because it showed Bug and probably if y'all had that conversation in public, it showed other people that like adults are able to apologize and that apologizing to a child does not make you whatever. I don't know what, I don't know what people, I guess they want to be in control. I don't even know what yeah. word to use, but like apologize, apologizing to a child should be normal. Yeah. Basically like, like it's a normal, it's a normal behavior. Like I fucked up shit. This is where I fucked up and moving forward, my actions are going to show that I'll never do that again. Right. And, and that makes a feel safe. And I wanted her to be able to feel like she could trust me because I feel like that's a that's about trust in that situation. Like yeah. I knew, I know that Logan is quick-witted. Like I, I've been around her most of her life. I very much know that. All she her always, life. She always, <laughs> look, she always try to get me. She always try to get me. And so... It's me and her always have the, this type of banter, but at, in the moment, it was just kind of like, why am I, why am I talking so loud to this child? Why am I doing this? Like, what is it? What is happening? What's happening with me? Not necessarily what's happening with her, because she was being Logan. She was being herself. Like, and yeah. I, and that was like, so. What was it in me that it triggered me to, you know, react that way? So I was like, no, I'm not. That's not me. Girl, you know, I'm, I'm, I apologize. Like, and so I feel like for me, in, in, even though I don't have kids and I work at a college, but I work with adults. <laughs> Look, so my patience is a little bit uh, ran thin with those adults. But, <laughs> but most of the time when I work with the youth, I'm very much, I try to understand them. And, and I feel like I, I, I was fortunate that I was given a good example of people who worked with youth and were very gentle people when it came to mm -hmm. kids coming up. Um, I had a lot of those people, my choir directors, when I was going to church, like even when I went to undergrad, um, there were advisors. We had specific advisors um, in, uh, in multicultural student programming that worked with us that were very gentle with us. So I feel like I learned it along the way so for me, it makes my job makes my job currently very much a second nature, very easy to do. But I also have to know that I have to apply the, those thing, same things to children I know in real life, not people mm -hmm. that are at my job, like kids that are in my life, my little cousins and and their kids and things like that. I have to apply the same kind of knowledge to them, so that my you know my family's kind of janky, also, but <laughs> in part portions of my family, so. I try to work with my younger cousins and kind of talk to them so that they don't feel what maybe has been the past from their parents. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it, it works. The last thing I wanted to, to touch on in terms of like being solution oriented, well, what we're doing is acknowledging this type of behavior towards children, viewing them as property for exactly what it is. It's oppression. And I think a lot of people steer clear of it because we identify oppression with enslavement, but that is, it's the same foundation 
with how people raise their kids. There's a superiority complex that is very present. One person must be dominating. The other must be submitting. One person must be in control. The other one must be following at all times. So you think back to enslavement, did the slaves get to talk back? No, they used to get whipped or killed if they said anything other than yes, sir, massa. Did they get options? No, you got what the fuck I gave you. You don't like it too bad. You, you didn't get no say so in any part of your life when these people were enslaved and people take that same structure and they apply it to their family unit. And this is why we have childhood trauma. This is why we have to break these generational curses. We need a different foundation. And so that's my thing that I push with my friends who are parents or who are guardians of children is that your whole foundation has to change. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you are going to find yourself doing things similar to what your parents did or exactly like your parents because that is like it's muscle memory yes like i'm you i'm used to this and you might even know that it's wrong like people who beat children they know that shit is wrong because they don't want to get beat yeah but it's muscle memory like well my mom did it to me and my grandma did it to my mom and this down the third and it's so it's an active choosing that's what we have to do. That's the biggest part of the solution is actively choosing to do different. Because when you put it in big, bright neon lights, don't mess up the children. It's a ton of shit under there that yeah. so, much, so much shit under there. <laughs> it is. So thank you, Kaylin, for coming on and talking with us because, you know, other people need to hear this too from someone other than, you know, me and Tamara. Like, I'm adamant about this shit and I have to be because I need my friends to know this is done. This is where I put my foot down. I'm not taking it up. Yeah. Can't mess up the children. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Kaylin. Do you have anywhere that you want people to reach out to you if they want to further discuss the topic? You can give us your... Uh, handles on Instagram, Twitter, whatever? Sure. I'm, I've been real social lately um, <laughs> on social media, so I'm very proud of me. Um, my Twitter name is she, they, Beyonce. <laughs> my Instagram is just Kaylin Coghill, K-A-L-Y-N-C-O-G-H-I-L-L. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, doctor. <laughs> Dr. Yes. Caitlin, I'm gonna just start calling you Dr. Caitlin. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And stay tuned for our next week where, you know what? I have written it down. We are talking about the pursuit of happiness. So, if anyone is familiar with depression and anxiety and other mental health issues. It's something you want to keep in tune with for Mental Health Awareness Month, the entire May. So thank you. Thank you all. Toodaloo.
please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OVI Podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. And thank you for listening to Outside Voice Inside.